the geeky side. This is your host for the most, Will Nix. With his hostess for the most is Tyre. How are you doing? I am doing great. Good. That you was want to know why I'm great? What? You want to know why I'm great? Why are you great? Because there isn't a gas leak at my house. You know, on the side of good news, that's like up there. It is. So I, I would like to thank my co-host for being patient while the Atlanta Gaslight Company checked all the possible places there could have been one in my home and outside. Wow, I'm glad you're not celebrating that high holy day of kaboom. So, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so we have been pronounced safe so we can go on and podcast, which is a good thing because we have a guest today. We have a guest today, and our guest is, would you like to Howard? introduce the I will. This is, we're going to be speaking to Howard Loring. He is a musician and an author, and he loves time travel. So. Yes, I write books on time travel, and they're all geeky, too. Which is good, because this is the geeky yeah. side. That's right. Yeah, it's the geeky side of time travel, ladies and gentlemen. We'll yeah. have some ending stuff, some rants, some news, things to share in a bit. But we want to start off with our guest, Howard. Howard, tell us about your books. So tell us about your books, Howard. Well, they, I've written three books. They're all on the elastic limit of time, which is jargon. Uh, it seemed to have a paradox going on here, uh, which is jargon for my theory of time travel. Uh, so I've written Beyond the Elastic Limit and uh, Piercing the Elastic Limit and Tales of the Elastic Limit. Uh, it's also a metaphor for your imagination. So beyond the elastic limit is beyond your imagination. Uh, uh, and uh, piercing the elastic limit just blows your imagination away and uh, so forth. And uh, my theory of time travel is pretty geeky too because my theory is time is a bunt cake. Now, wait a minute. Bunt, bunt cakes are what we... Eat. Yeah, that's correct. But there are two standard time travel uh, theories, or how uh, theories on how time uh, works. And one is time is a loaf of bread. So you have a present and a present and a present, like the uh, slices of bread in a loaf. And to time travel, you just pick one out and move it somewhere else. And the other standard uh, uh, explanation is time is a river or a hallway with a lot of doors or a road map with many turns so that the present is always a changeable thing depending on which route you take. But uh, my theory is that time is circular in, nation, in nature, so time is not a, uh, a loaf of bread, it's a bunt cake. So, you know, you got to read the books and it explains everything. And he has a blog post actually about how time travel is a bunt cake. Yes, so yeah, go to Howard. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. HowardLoring.com. I write blogs, and so they're all pretty geeky. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the time on the geeky side that we promote our product, aluminum foil, and how you should properly wrap it around your head. Welcome to a... <laughs> Actually, that doesn't help. It doesn't, doesn't help unless you put it in front of your eyes. There you go. That's it. That's right. So... On the geeky side of things, okay, so with time travel, I always like to think of it, you know, we currently have Endgame, which involves time travel, and all, there's, I mean, it's just good, some 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 movies use time travel well, some use it poorly. Howard, what is a, a movie that uses time travel well here? What's the way that I use it well? Oh, what? No, no, what? Go ahead, Will. What, what films use it well, use time travel well? Oh, I see. Well, I, I again, I'm going to be geeky here. There are all kinds of time travel films. 
you know, and there lots of them are real popular, Back to the Future or whatnot. The newest ones use computer-generated uh, effects that are real good. But I, I go for uh, The Time Machine with uh, Rod Taylor. Uh, okay. It's straightforward. It's not very flashy. And it well, it's all about just time travel. I, it's not really a device in that movie. It is the movie. So. Well, no, they, he sits in the chair, which is that, uh, was on the Big Bang Theory. So Right, right. Uh, it's hardware and a theory. He explains it. And the ending is uh, pretty good, too, because he just never comes back. Oh, that's a spoiler alert. So you have to go back in time and not listen to that part. If you Hashtag 60 years in the future. Spoilers. There you go. Right. Spoiler If you haven't seen it before now, we can't help you. Uh, <laughs> when was that made? Like the 1960s? So yeah, I want to say like what the, the book was uh, 18, in the early 1890s or something. Yeah, I think it was 18. Jules Byrne, right? Yeah, no. Jules, yes. 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 Uh, and that was the first uh, time travel in literature. And there were other uh, movies, I believe, that had something to do with time travel, but. The Time Machine, the classic one with the chair and had the big, like, uh, you know, casino thing on the back of it, the round thing, the disc. Uh, that's what started all the movies. And I still think it's the classiest one in a geeky sort of a way. So that's my choice. And it's been remade, right? It's been remade several times. Yeah. Several times. And it's H.G. Wells. Yes. H.G. Wells. I was thinking, I always get him and Vernon mixed up on what stories we wrote with what. So. I agree. They're, they're both in the same, they were contemporaries, correct? Somebody I think one after the other, right? Wasn't um, Wells after Vernon by, by a good bit? Maybe. You're, you teach English, I do not. Yeah, I, well, I have computer science. It is what all memory of that thing called. Uh, they were contemporaries. I mean, one was much older, but they were contemporaries. So, uh, Will, what's your favorite time traveling movie? Ooh, favorite time traveling movie. Mm, there's a lot. Uh, I like the Back to the Future series because it deals directly with time travel, but I guess one of my favorite uses is in the uh, comic film uh, Days of Future Past with the X-Men. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Yeah, because it, it reminds me of my favorite uh, time travel TV show, which is Quantum Leap. Uh, oh, Quantum Leap is awesome. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't actually, and this is a conversation we were having, was... Um, Finally, it was like brought time travel to the masses, I thought. Yeah, yeah, I would say that. I would agree. On the different kinds of time travel anyway, yeah. Well, also it had a different episode every week, so that's, that, that always helps. It helped that and also helped with the fact that it... Remember the time tunnel where they went down the long thing that, you know, had... Uh, that and Time Bandits and... Geeky um, lights and... Ty, do you remember Time Bandits? I do remember Time Bandits. That was like a very short-lived, but I mean, I was a must-see TV when I was a little kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's been a couple here recently, but uh, they didn't mm-hmm. do that. Uh, a lot of movies uh, have time travel elements, and you don't even think of them as time travel movies. So the first Superman movie with uh, George Reeves, uh, uh, not George Reeves. Uh, Christopher Reeves. Christopher Reeves, yeah. Uh, he goes, he, he changes, he makes time go backwards to save uh, uh, Lois Lane by flying around the uh, earth. And so, you know, it's only a 20 second part of the movie, but it's, uh, you know, it is time travel. Well, and least we forget Star Trek, The Voyage Home. 
Um, Let's not forget, well, some of us try very, very hard. Um, hey, that is some like, of us disagree on whales and their importance to Star Trek movies. I, that is actually one of my favorite Star Trek movies. No, no, I, I, it, I'm on, we're on that divide like we I like to have. It, it, you're not wrong and I'm not wrong. There's the love-hate relationship with that film. Well, a lot of the old uh, original series. Maybe they did some serious time travel in, yeah. in Star Trek. Several, the, the portal. And, yep. Uh, and then they got the slingshot effect in several episodes where they yep. went back in time. So had a chance to stop World War II, had a chance to keep, I mean, they, they did all the big ones. Yeah, well, you get into paradox when you start doing stuff like oh, that. Oh, I know. I mean, that's, I'm just saying, they, 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 they handled all the tropes. Yeah, my books take care of paradox, though. Oh, good, good. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a problem for me. Um, my books are unique, and even to the genre. And, uh, you know, you can read them in any order. They're standalone. Uh, and the last one I wrote, you can read it backwards. So it's all about time. Pretty geeky, I think. <laughs> we like the whole reading it backwards and forwards. Um, yes. uh, I I think one of my favorites is actually we were speaking of Christopher Reeves and I love Somewhere in Time. Yes, I think it's a classic. Because you love Battlestar Galactica and you were still in love with Jane Seymour. Uh, no, I was yeah. Starbuck. Yeah. I know that's shocking. I know. Yeah, I know, but I like Jane Seymour. Oh, <laughs> that's why I think of the reason. Now I, I understand. You, you, bad man, you. Dirty, dirty, dirty boy. <laughs> no, I really, um, I like that. And I liked, I can't remember the name of it now. We were talking about it before. The one where uh, they go back in time, H.G. Wells goes back in time to catch Jack the Ripper. Oh, uh, um, oh gosh. Time after, it's not time after time. What is it? Um, That's the song by Cindy Lauper, which is awesome. I know. Was, I mean, one of my favorite songs. <laughs> but I can't remember what it is. But I think I can't either. And Jenna's going to hit us for now because we were talking about it with her. I thought it was time after time, but I think that's the song, and it's that's just, the that's the time after time is the, the song. But um, I love that movie. I'm going to figure out what it is because it's going to drive me cray cray. Um, but I think there's a lot of time travel movies incorporate one of two, one real figure and one fictional, and that is Sherlock Holmes. Yes. And Jack the Ripper. That's true. There you go. So why do you think? Those two um, classic, iconic, uh, I'm going to use the word characters, even though Jack is a, obviously either a real person or persons. Um, I think it's because they're, they're timeless, especially with Holmes. Holmes can fit in any decade. We've seen him do that. So him time traveling, he would adjust the easiest. And as far, and as, far as Jack the Ripper, it's again, it's that um, weird relationship we have with serial killers. And he's the, he's, that, he's the first monster that we think of. It is true, and it, but he, I don't think he was the first serial killer. He's just the first one really sensational. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. The first serial killer we fell in love with, that, that story. Yeah. Also, he was never caught, so it's, it's why. Yeah, it's also getting away with crime, too, yep. And in that movie, if I recall, that's why he got away, because he would go to other eras yes. and kill people there. Absolutely. And it was, time After Time is the name of the movie. Yeah, 1979, Time After Time. It, I think that whole trying to catch him. That's what was fun about it. Well, I think I think everybody is into time travel uh, because time is all around us. It defines us. You see somebody you hadn't seen, and you, know, you say, "How you been?" And it's implied since the last time I saw you. It's you know, it uh, pins us down. It gives us uh, a reference. It's also it's also we have to talk about the negative side of time travel. It, it's such a scapegoat in comic films. 
and even in bad literature. And I'm not talking about movies dedicated to time travel. I'm talking about as using it like a fix. Mm. You're right. Yes. Like when you're in a story and you can't fix it and, oh. Right. Well, I mean, okay, even like in the sense of like something like Star Trek. Star Trek was always, that, that was one of the tropes was that it was, it would use time travel and this, it, it just had, a, it was just a plot device. It wasn't about time travel. It was just how to fix a plot hole. Right. Or what the, what you could build a plot around. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's what Voyage Home does very well is they build it around traveling to time. It's about the adventure going back to time. It isn't just this story of going back in time just to get to a point and fix it and leave. Well, and I wonder if time travel also helps spawn alt history. Where we take oh, definitely. alternate views of what happened. Uh, alternate universe, mirror universes, things like that. Definitely. Yeah, well, you know, my theory is, uh, and it's in the books too, that, and people ask me, well, you know, if there's time travelers, how come we don't know about them? Or, you know, how can uh, oh, yeah. they haven't already changed history? Who's to say that the history we have now was is the original history? It might have already been changed. And that's happen- that happens in my books too. I, I use real history in my books, uh, I, real people and documented uh, uh, events. Uh, in one of the books, uh, uh, Caesar sees a oracle, Julius Caesar sees an oracle at Munda, which is in southern Iberia, and he won uh, the, he won the uh, uh, Roman Civil War at Munda. Okay. Uh, it, you know, strange, strange enough... The oracle was a time traveler. Was a time traveler, and gee, uh, how did you know that? Well, read my book and you'll find out. Well, that makes sense. I mean, it, yeah, fortune tellers is time travelers, right? There you go. There you go. And I like the. I think this is something you don't think about maybe when you're reading a book, but as you write, um, if you do time travel, you're thinking, oh, I don't have to do any research, but you have to if you're going to time travel in like real history. Oh yeah, right. Not just using it as a plot device. Yeah, you've got to know what's going on. So did you do a lot of research? Well, I read a lot of history. Okay. So I use real history that's pretty unknown. So uh, I've written about Thomas Jefferson because I needed to uh, have a, uh, this is in the third book, I needed a period that uh, where science was coming to the fore and Jefferson had a lot to do with uh, uh, fossils. But it's a little known fact that when Jefferson went to France, after the revolution, when he came back to America, he brought macaroni and cheese. So he discovered an Italian staple in France and brought it back to America. It was cheap and it tasted good. And now everybody in America eats macaroni and cheese. Thank you, Thomas Jefferson. This is true history. I had no idea. Well, there you go. Read my books. It's all... Macaroni and cheese is my favorite comfort food. <laughs> Period. Yeah, him too. Him too. Um, um, so okay, um, back to you know the you know ideas of time travel and how we, how we use it in different things. I find it fascinating it, for with with all fiction is how it's often like the one mistake. It can't be a series of things. It has to be like the one thing they did undo this problem. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. Well, I yeah, I've used that convention as well in one of my books. Time explodes, and they go back repeatedly uh, trying to fix it. They go back prior uh, to the event, and that doesn't work. They have to go back deeper in time, uh, further back in 
and uh, that doesn't work. And uh, so they finally do get it to work, and you have to read the book to find out how. So well, I know when um, <laughs> when Jana writes with time travel, she, um, you know, there there's certain things that her they're they're in the future and they time travel backwards into history, and usually it's. I know this is shocking. Academic historians who want to go back and see how things were. And they are given a set of rules. But there's also periods in time where they don't allow time travel. Right. Because of... It's the great, the butterfly flight. They they do one little change and boom, they've destroyed civilization. Threw everything up. So thinking about, like, if we were... So I think all of us are history buffs in um, one way or another... Uh, what would be the time period that you would choose to go back into? So That's hard. You go first, or do you want to go last? Oh, did I lose you, Will? I think he... I'm here. Okay. Okay. Uh, do you, where would you go, Will? I. Where would I go? Oh, sorry. Um, uh, ooh, I'd like to be. I, I'd like to be in Jerusalem in the early. You know, the, on, on the day. You know, there. You know, I'd like to be there. So that's that's surprisingly uh, unsurprisingly that's what a lot of people say. That yeah, that one would be a good one. I also would like to uh, any time during the Roman Empire. That is one of my favorite periods in history. Right. And then pop me up again in um, oh Great Britain. I don't know. Let's see. When's the time not to die in London? <laughs> so. Well, you need to. You need. I'm not trying to push here but you need to read my books i've written on julius caesar i've also written on the fall of syracuse uh, right archimedes uh and his uh mechanics of warfare uh but i've also written about uh, uh christopher marlowe who was a spy during queen elizabeth's reign and i also have written about henry the eighth he saw biggest warship in the world he saw it sink this is absolutely true he was on the parapet of a castle in the uh on the isle of right and uh france attacked and he sent out his giant warship the mary and the margaret uh i'm sorry the mary rose which was named after his sister and it sank in front of his uh, it was a hundred yards away from it this is historical fact 400 sailors died. So, yeah, I've written a lot about uh, Elizabethan times. Uh, and uh, where, would, where would you choose to go back to? Not what you've written about. Where would you choose to go visit? What period of time? <clears throat> well, I, I'm very interested in uh, uh, the very earliest uh, civilizations. So agriculture was big. When agriculture happened, things happened very fast. Because when you stop hunting, hunter, uh, being hunter-gatherers and you start to grow things, immediately you have a caste system because if you have people who are dedicated to growing food, you also have to have people that will protect the people that grow the food. So immediately you have an army. Right. So you have a caste system there, and pretty soon you have somebody telling you about the weather and that's uh you know a religious cast right and you know, festivals and a lot of do to that ladies and gentlemen if you haven't had sociology one-on-one you have just passed the course <laughs> that's right well I'm, that's where i would go so i would what, go to the earliest human uh uh civilization do you have a particular land spot that you would go 
No, not necessarily. But once land, once agriculture happened, if I have a farm here and you have a farm there, then we have a road. And if Joe over here and right. Sam over here, then we've got a highway. But France or Ireland or Norway or uh, do you have a preference? Well, you know, the Fertile Crescent and everything, that's where it started historically. But Egypt was big because... Mesopotamia. You, you go back Mesopotamia. Yeah, if you go back far enough in history, everything is... Oh. You know, the best valleys and, you know, uh, Egypt was big for agriculture. Bandit agrees. Bandit does agree. So for me, um, Egypt absolutely has a certain appeal, but as a woman, because both of you have an advantage, I do not. Yeah, being male comes in handy, you know, so... It does, because I think you can choose which period of time you go to uh, a little yeah, bit. You, you don't have that option. No, you, there's, a, there's a lot less whimsy uh, if you're a female. So I would actually go back to when they were building um, uh, Newgrange in Ireland, because it was a time where women, uh, women in Ireland were seen as more equal mm-hmm. at that point in time. And the Newgrange is actually older than the pyramids. See, I thought you were going to go with Vikings with that with women, uh, with women equality. I wouldn't mind going. I would go up to Norway and Sweden as well. Okay, I was just checking because I mean, I know, I know you. I mean, yeah. They came down to Ireland. That's where the red hair comes from. Yep, 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 yep. Um, and I have a lot of Norwegian background, so but I would probably go there because as much as I would like to go to like Victorian England, I'm a woman, <laughs> and unless I can ensure that I'm of the upper class, yeah. No, and I have a big mouth. Oh, look, but even as male travelers, if we don't have money, yeah. <laughs> you're not enjoying this time period. I'm not enjoying it, but at least you're a little bit better. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's still easier. Oh, I agree with you completely. Don't get me wrong. I'm just having fun. Yeah. I mean, I mean there's, there's no joke. But the thing is, is like when you ask people like traveling back in time and you worry about what you're gonna, what you're going to run into, I, I love that the theory is that we wouldn't last five minutes because just the microbes and the bacteria would kill us. Oh, yeah. No. Yes, but in my my uh, theory, uh, takes care of that. So oh, good. You travel into containment. So if you're doing fiction, you know, you can work your way around all these standard paradoxes, the grandfather effect, the butterfly effect, uh, having, you know, language. How would, you, how would a time traveler... Uh, how would he communicate? Because you know the language is different. But according to my theory, all of this is taken care of, and it's done in a nice, neat, uh, believable way. The narrative doesn't beat you over the head. Uh, and you know, time travel. I write epic fables. They're very simply written stories, but they have to do with big ideas. And time travel, uh, it's permeated with time travel, but that's not the point of the, of the books. The books are adventure tales. They're love stories. They're uh, uh, you know, detective uh, tales. They're uh, whodunits, and they're page turners. And the fact that they can time travel is an extra geeky bonus. <laughs> well, and I think that's when we talk about fables, um, there is a lot of richness there to grab stories on. And, um, Will, you'll know more than I do in terms of, of literature. What are some of the, what would you say is some of the like absolute classic fables that we probably uh, studied in school and then forgot? Um, gosh, there's so many Aesop's fables. Let's just go there. And then, you know, oh. any of those that you get in. Bandit yeah. agrees with that one. Um, 
Well, fables uh, technically are, you know, you get have a moral. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, there's so much moralistic literature, especially some of your early novels and stuff like that. But as in just fables that everyone knows, I mean, the ho- the fox and the hen. Um, oh, the uh, the rabbit and the hare. The rabbit and the hare. The uh, the the uh, ants and ants and the um, oh, gosh, grasshopper. Yes, yes. So, so. I think that there's that certain idea of that you've got to learn something, and I think yeah, what, you have to learn from your lessons, right? And I think a lot with time travel, that's part of what's built into it, as well as even with alt history is what do what did we learn you know by setting up the scenario of having history be different because it's changed um what it what can we learn from that idea or trying to keep the original history from being changed right so yeah absolutely that's the whole point of quantum leap pretty much exactly yeah or the time tunnel yeah yeah, you know what's funny, Tyra, is the, one of the biggest arguments and the and one of the most jerkiest moments I've ever seen was a time travel discussion at DragonCon. Oh. Of all places, you'd think people would have an open mind about time travel. We had a panelist on one of the ones I had to be on, and he was insistent that time travel did not exist, and he was, he was an author who'd written stuff on time travel. It did not really exist because, um, because we did not see... Uh, anyone time travel that when we landed on the moon and his argument was is that's the only moment in human history that could have been completely do- you know documented and if you were going to travel back to show that time travel was real you would show up at that moment and since no one did that is just yeah and i mean it the room got it got heated and he was just kept being a jerk he was really well you don't understand science blah, blah, blah. i'm like we're talking about it in fiction for the most part. And the second part is, is that science is still out on that one, bud. Yeah. Well, he's, he's, yeah, he's too technical for that. My, my books, you know, they're folklore. They're, they're based on real characters or they're legend, which is traditionally considered uh, stylized, you know, actual historical video. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not trying to give you a lesson in uh, physics. You know, but the the theory is well laid out and it's uh, plausible. So yeah, in science fiction, you don't have to be truthful; you just have to be plausible, uh, and as opposed to unbelievable. So I'm not trying to convince you. It's it's a it's a done deal. When no, you- no, ladies and gentlemen, he's not here to convince you. He just wants you to buy his books, just like any of us authors buy our books. Thank you. Uh-huh. Well, Italian the tires here in a few minutes. <laughs> Well, I, I'm sorry I had to go um, rescue a dog. Oh, very good. So Mr. Bandit was just, uh, he was looking a little peaking, and um, so I gave him a biscuit, a trick treat, and uh, now he is sitting in my lap, and I'm sure any moment now he is going to sing the song of his people. Yes. Because um, Bandit is a, he's a time traveler. He's a time bandit. He's a time bandit. <laughs> That's right. And his, his companion's name is named Shadow, so you all make the joke there. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I know it's okay, boo boo. There we go. Yeah, it's uh, thundering outside. I think they're upset. Yeah, we don't like the thunder. Um, so, any closing thoughts on time travel before we wrap this up and send it into the future? Well, uh, time travel in general or my books? Nope, I want time travel in general. Okay, well, uh, I, again, I think time travel 
people are interested because you can't get away from time in the human existence. And the fact that you could uh, go back and observe or change things is just too enticing to the person, you know? I mean, that's, oh, give me more. I, I think that's very true. Yes. Uh, Will, what do you think? I think you know, it, time travel is an interesting, it's an interesting device in, in fiction, but it's also one of those things in life that we kind of dream about all the time. If I could go back and fix this, if I could go to this and see what would happen, it, it kind of try, takes our worries away, kind of like with my choice, you know? And a concept of faith of wanting to go back to, you know, Bethlehem during that time and, and see something like that. It, it, it attacks almost a weakness that we have of not knowing. And, that, and I guess that's one thing that fascinates, fascinates me about time travel is that it's, it's just the unknown. Anything about the unknown is both in, uh, thrilling and scary and cool, all, all wrapped up in one. Well, if you think of time travel as observing, uh, in my books they have a thing called the uh, time fishing, which is like a window in time where they can drive around and look at stuff. And then they can pass through the portal if they want to go go there. But they right. And so, Tyra, what about you? What's your thoughts? Um, actually, I'm going to refer to one of my favorite movies. It's called Dead Again, and Ooh. it's a movie with Kenneth Branagh and Emma Thompson. My gosh, yes. And it's it's a romantic thriller. But part of what I think you have to think about with time travel is what if we're also um, we live multiple lives? What if right. we're reborn and so in this movie um uh, if you haven't seen it you need to turn off your turn off the podcast but um it's really a story of two lovers who keep meeting throughout time uh like um uh what's the one with robin williams that's an, it's very similar in that yeah very separate it's actually i think it's more one particular like two particular times. Yeah. right so we jump back and forth and i think that's one of the things that we have to really consider with time travel is that what if this isn't my only time around right and if it isn't my only time around how could i screw up my other times right and and how much are we connected in that whole what i refer to um as the spider web as the web um and not what we're using to record on but the the web of life that other web that other web yes that other web and if you move one strand of the web what kind of uh, implications does that have all throughout that? Vibration. You're very, you're very, you're very much a butterfly effect kind of gal. So that's what I like about you. I am. I do definitely. So, uh, uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, that's the geeky side. I'm Will Nix, your host the most. You know what to say, Tyra? Uh, uh, can we go back in time so I can change this? Bye. <laughs>